Hello, church family. This is part three of our study through Nehemiah chapter five, and this is a chapter where, uh, by application, we're going to learn how we can deal with conflict in our life. And uh, yesterday we just talked about just a brief survey about what conflict is. Uh, conflict is always a spiritual issue. Uh, it's always a heart issue that leads to some sort of practical outcome. Uh, and conflict is often hap- it always happens when people forget the word of God. Um, they, they forget God's word and that's what leads them to a life of, of just self-indulgence and they're living by their own preferences, which leads to conflict in the church. Now today we're going to look at how we're to confront uh, conflict, uh, c- uh, confront sin in our lives, whether it's you see a conflict between two brothers or you are in a conflict with someone else. Um, this is how we're supposed to deal with it. We see this in, in verse 6 to 11 of uh, Nehemiah chapter, oh, well, I guess 6 to 13 uh, of Nehemiah chapter 5. So in verse 6, um, Then I was very angry when I had heard their outcry in these words. I think just, just reading that, the first thing we need to understand is that, um, that you can be angry at sin. It is totally biblical when you see conflict between uh, two brothers or two sisters in the church. Uh, to, uh, when I mean brothers, I mean like, you know, brothers, sisters in the faith. When you see conflict in the church, it should bother you. Um, it, should, it should bother you because ultimately all sin... All conflict is sin, and sin is troubling to us because it's troubling to the Lord. And if you see conflict and it doesn't bother you, then there's probably something lacking in your own understanding of maybe the situation, but more importantly, of sin. If you see people are bitter towards one another and you aren't willing to confront that, then you don't really care so much about uh, the individual as you care more about your own safety. And that's why sometimes people don't like to confront sin in people's lives. They think that they're being too judgmental. Or that they are, uh, you know, being a legalist. But oftentimes, uh, when people confront you on sin, um, it's actually for your own good. And, the, and just a side note, when it comes to confrontation, there are those that are being confronted and those that are going to do confrontation. When you are being confronted with sin, learn to listen with a humble heart. It doesn't. It, it takes a lot of self-denial for someone to confront sin. It's not an easy or comfortable thing to do. But when, if someone confronts you on something, you should take heed because that, that person actually loves you. In Proverbs, it says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, and, you know, you want to be able to receive correction because you know that that person really genuinely do care and love you. And at the same time, when you, individual, if you're confronting those people, um, you want to confront them not because you want to conform them to the image of you, or that you want to confront them because you're angry at them. Both are wrong. You want to confront them with only one purpose in mind, is that you want to confront them because you want them to love God more. Um, Sin is a love of things that God hates and things that the Lord doesn't, that's displeasing to the Lord. So when you confront sin in the life of an individual, you should always have God's glory in mind. You should not be out of like conforming them to your lifestyle. Uh, that's called legalism. And it shouldn't be cons- uh, confronting out of anger because that's called vengeance. And both are wrong. You should confront a person because you want what's best for them. And what is absolutely best for them is that their affections get turned to love the Lord. Uh, verse 7, is, I consulted with myself. And then I mentioned this in, on Monday that he... This doesn't mean that he's asking himself for advice, but rather he calmed himself down because of his anger. And he contended with the nobles and the rulers and said to them, You're exacting Suri, each from his brother. Therefore I held a great assembly against them. So he 
thought he, he gets angry at what's going on he confronts all of them together this is whether it's like a preaching sermon or at least that's how i imagine it in my mind how it's playing play i don't think he's in a room with each of them individually and talking through the hard issues but rather he, he sees that there's a general problem so he's gonna uh, confront the general assembly in a general way um verse eight uh or verse seven actually he, he when he he when he confronts the nobles and rulers, he makes this now into a legal issue. So he can, he attacks both the legal and then he goes back to the heart and he attacks the situation again. And that's how we are when we have to confront uh, sin in each other's life. There are the practical things that you want to confront, like if they're doing something like some sort of action, you need to tell them to stop. But at the same time, you also need to dive into um, understanding what's going on in their heart so that you can know what's driving those actions. Um, so you have to attack both. It's not you can't just attack um, the heart without telling them to repent. At the same time, you can't tell them to stop doing what they're doing without explaining what's going on in their own heart. Verse eight. I said to them, We are we according to our ability have redeemed our Jewish brothers who were sold to the nations. How would you even sell your brothers that were that may be sold to us? Then they were silent and could not find a word to say. And it's interesting that when Nehemiah confronts them, they they were silent because they were basically backed in the corner and they and it's interesting too that he actually he the, the method that he uses is it's not actually so much compa uh, combative like telling them what's wrong right away the first thing he does is actually he, he 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 assembles them all he asks them a question it's like a rhetorical question and the idea is that you want people to think when you're confronting sin you know one of these principles that i've learned in seminary and you know counseling books i've read is that you want to ask questions that are open-ended so that they can tell you what's going on in their own heart jesus said that out of the alpha of the heart the mouth speaks so when people are struggling with sin or you can even con confront this in your own heart if someone was struggling with lust you, you don't ask them do you struggle with lust that's like a yes or no type of thing you can ask them what is it about lust that intrigues you or, or explain to me uh, why you are so angry at this person or what is it about this uh, situation that gets you so riled up you why are you what is causing what are your thoughts when you're depressed you know you when you're confronting some, someone about sin in their life one of the best tactics is to be able to just ask good questions as you ask good leading questions so that um, they can speak what's in their heart and that so they can also even hear what's going on and sometimes that helps them see that they're wrong and that's what happens here in the end of verse 8 they it says that then they were silent and could not find a word to say um, they understood what nehemiah was doing he confronts them with a question that is supposed to reveal their sin and then that's what happens they they they, they have nothing to say because they realize that they're, they're they're cornered there's no way for them to answer what they've done because they know that they've sinned against the lord verse 9 again the thing that which you uh, are doing is not good should you not walk in the fear of the lord because they because of the approach of the saints our enemies again conflicts needs it can be resolved quickly and if it's not resolved quickly eventually it'll leak out into uh, the world and the world looks at that and they say haha <clears throat> you christians act this way you're no better than us and again christians deal with conflict different than the world um, we should be the most forgiving because that's how our God is. Our God is a forgiving God, and if you forgive, uh, then you should then you then you're more more like God than uh, you were without it. And when we confront sin in the life of other people, especially if they've offended, whether they've offended us or we're being the peacemaker, the again the this the central goal should always be God's glory. It should never be 
strictly focusing on what makes us happy, our own preferences, or those that we're biased towards. Rather, it should always be about God's glory. That is the central issue. Verse 10, And likewise, I, my brothers, and my servants are lending them money and grain. Please let us leave off the Surrey. Uh, verse 11, Please give back to them this very day their field, their vineyards, their all, uh, olive groves, their houses, uh, and their houses, and uh, also the hundredth part of the money and of the grain and the new wine and the oil that you are exacting from them. So Nehemiah gives them a picture of what repentance looks like. So, and again, when you're confronting someone with sin, sometimes they know that they're, what they're doing is sin, but they don't know how to resolve that issue. Um, and oftentimes it is very simple. It's that you need to stop it and then you have to make it right. Um, in, in the New Testament, it said that when it comes to stealing, it's stopping from stealing is one thing, but then you also need to give. That's the putting on, or putting off sin and putting on Christ. Nehemiah tells them, put off um, taking money from them, put on returning things back to them. Um, and you know, again, we see this uh, principle throughout the New Testament that instead of, uh, like the solution to lying is not to not speak, although that does help, but the solution to lying is starts telling the truth. Um, the solution to, to um, uh, lust is not to stop watching pornography, but to be content in Christ. You put on contentment. Um, and that's what happens here. He, he tells them what the problem is. He tells them that they need to stop. And he also gives them uh, a practical stuff on how to live out that truth. Verse 12, then, say, then they said, we will give it back and will require nothing from them. We'll do exactly as you say. So I called the priest and took an oath from them and they wouldn't do according to this promise. And uh, what's really cool because these people reacted the way that a person who's broken and confronted by sin uh, should, and that is repentance. And I think if every single one of the conflicts that we're involved in, if the other person or ourselves being confronted, would actually do was according to scripture and repent, and we see how the other individual is actually pointing out sin in their life, and uh, we, we understand that it's actually a blessing to be confronted by that, if we turn from it, that, that's, that's what leads to rejoicing. That's what leads to uh, praise and thankfulness. And we see that in, the, in 13. Um, I also shook uh, the front of my garment and said, Thus my, may God shake out every man from his house and from his possession who does not fulfill this promise. Even thus may be shaken out and empty. And all the assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord, and the people did according to this promise. So the Jewish people here, they're confronted with their sin. They're proven um, that what they were doing is wrong, and it leads to praise in the Lord at the end. And that's what happens when we repent. Repentance will always lead to worship, because sin leads us to idolize things and to idolatry, but repentance leads us to worship. And look, the part of being in a fallen world and with our church, uh, especially with those in the church family, you can't ignore problems. You have to learn to deal with it. Uh, to love someone is to make sure that they are right with God. If you see sin in the life of, of, of other people, you must be willing to talk with them. Not so much, again, to make them feel bad necessarily or to conform to your image, but that you want what's best for them because that's what God expects. And again, oftentimes it's because there's some sort of disconnect between their affections uh, with the Lord and their affection with the world. Uh, there's a, there's an imbalance there. They, they, they love the world more than they love the Lord, and that's why they fall into sin. So when you confront sin, you must 
uh, you, we have to do. We have to. That's the job of the Christian. Matthew 18, um, we're all supposed to be confronting one another. Um, and we talk about church discipline. I mean, you have to be, that should just be a regular uh, day thing for us. If we, you know, in our, if we're in the life of other Christians, um, we should uh, you speak the truth in love, be willing to um, confront things because we know that, again, God's glory is at stake. If someone is constantly living in sin and you choose to let them fall into sin, then you're really, uh, in a lot of ways, compliant in terms of uh, the sin that they're committing. But rather, if you see sin or you see conflict, be willing to help confront and uh, help resolve the issues that is before them. Uh, so these are just some general principles when it comes to biblical counseling. Uh, I know that our church is really growing in this area, so I'm really thankful, and I hope that this will just be a, this episode or this week, um, all the lessons will just be a supplement for that. Uh, so yesterday we looked at the conflict, today we looked at confrontation, and tomorrow we'll look at character. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a good, great day. Thank you.